You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. If we are following Jesus, in order to be sharpened, in order to be edified, and in order to edify, we do need to find another follower of Jesus. Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. I am Taylor. We are continuing a series called Rhythms. And I am joined by two special guests and friends. First, we're joined by lead pastor, Jose Avaroa. Jose, good morning. Thanks for being here. And we're joined by the pastor of spiritual formation, Bob Moss. Bob, Taylor. (laughs) It's great to have you here. Oh, it's good to have you. Okay. Jose, love you the first word, as always, uh, not only as you prepared for this message, but even just how it ties into the series as a whole as we look at these four Gs and even just the original passage that you're based on. Matthew 11. Yeah, it's almost like a, a message on habits within a series of habits. So um, these habits teach us how to grow and become more like Jesus. These personal habits. So last week we looked at gather, which are more um, the corporate ga- uh, uh, habit of coming together as, as God's church. And these are personal habits that help us grow to become more like Jesus. So, um, you know, I think it was last year we were talking about these four G's, uh, grow, gather, give, go, or a couple of years, a couple of, two years, two years ago, last year. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> a while back. And it, it dawned on me that, you know, the, the these really are the rhythms that the early church were practicing. And so how can we live these out? How can we uh, make these a part of our daily rhythms and routines so that we can, yeah, become more like Jesus? And again, the, the biggest thing when I think about this, especially given that I came from a Catholic background where I felt like I was doing a lot of ritual, a lot of, a lot of things for God without really recognizing the things that God had done for me. Um, these are things that we do as a response to what God has done for us. They're not to make him love us more, mm-hmm. quite the contrary. They're uh, to make us slow down so that we can be aware of God's goodness that's present and all around us. That's good. Amen. We're, we're going to jump into, into that concept and kind of double click on that. First, uh, I want to talk about this word devoted. It comes out of Acts 2, 42 through 43, one of the passages that uh, this series is based on. And it just says, and they devoted themselves, the apostles teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of the bread and to the prayers and all came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. So just that word devoted. I'd love to talk to both of y'all. I think of this word when I think of both of y'all and just the ways in which you serve, not only just your families and the church itself, but just ultimately God. So what is so important about that word devoted? And I think I'm looking at you, Bob, but I wanna hear both of y'all talk about this, but but how do you stay devoted? Because I think wow. you know yeah. someone could be devoted for an hour or I can be devoted maybe for a day if I can really be work at it, but how do you be devoted for a lifetime or even just years and decades the way that that both of y'all have? Well, that's a great question. Um, Devoted uh, is talking about commitment. Um, And a commitment is only as strong as our word. Um, When we, for example, when a couple gets married, they're making a commitment. Yeah. They're making, they're they're devoted to each other, and as it goes into a lot more than that, it's a covenant. And God made a covenant with us. It was ratified by the blood of Jesus Christ, and it's eternal, mm-hmm. and it's a promise. It's a promise that God is devoted to. 
to the degree that we are devoted to that same covenant, to that degree we experience abundant life. Mm-hmm. Bob, what would you say has been the number one habit? I think I know what it's going to be, but how has that helped you stay devoted for, like Taylor said, I mean, over four decades of ministry, five, de- five decades of ministry, six, how many? <laughs> yeah. yeah, six, almost six, 60 years 60 that years. I've been walking with the Lord. We're listening. I was very fortunate. Um, I had grown up the first 18 years of my life, and I was in a traditional denominational church. I, I was never taught personally how to have a relationship with God. I sang hymns. I listened to sermons. The gospel was preached, but it was, it, it, didn't, it didn't grab hold. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until my marriage was failing. Mm. I was addicted to alcohol and gambling and tobacco. I had some really bad habits that were destroying my marriage. And a man, God sent a man into my life to share the gospel with me. Not only share the gospel, but he was living the gospel. He made an impact on me and eventually my wife. And when I started following Jesus, I joined a church that was rock solid, Bible believing, mm-hmm. believed everything. Uh, comments would be made if the if the Bible says grass is blue, grass is blue. <laughs> you know, whatever the they Bible were devoted says, to the Bible. <laughs> they were devoted to the Word of yeah. God. So I had that as a foundation. Not long after uh, I was transferred, I got involved with the Navigators. Uh, it's an organization, Navigators. Mm-hmm. And there I learned scripture memory. And I began a system that has gone on for 59 years. Mm. And to this day, I, I have thousands of scripture memorized. And now I'm memorizing books of the Bible. And... I unequivocally, scripture memory helps you in prayer. It helps you in sharing your faith. It helps you in communicating with other believers. Mm. And you don't have to quote the verse, but having the word of God hidden in your heart gives you perspective on current situations, on your life situations that enables you to have the right perspective in every situation, because Jesus said, in the world, we're going to have trouble. That is a promise. And he said, also, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. How did Jesus overcome the world? By the Word of God. Mm. He is the Word of God, and he taught us how to abide in him and let his Word abide in us. There you go. I just think it is one of life's greatest honors to be in this journey with you, Bob, to serve the church alongside you. You've been devoted for many, 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 many years. And I think that that's something that 
is really important for us to recognize, especially Taylor and I, you know, we're decades behind you, um, to recognize the, the, the secret to being devoted is to, to pour in and cultivate that personal connection with God. Mm-hmm. Scripture memory is perhaps the best way <laughs> to, to do that because it's continually on your mind, like that Joshua 1 passage, you know, meditating on it day and night. I would, I would also add to that, though, one of the things from the very get-go that I have been a part of is small groups in within yeah. the church. Yeah. Small That's groups good. of believers, two, three, four people. That's, I've never been without a close, intimate friend in my mm-hmm. life. I'm, now I have many. Uh, I have one particular friendship is with a biology professor at Texas State University. When I met him, he was an unbeliever. But I was challenged to start to, to know him. And in the process of seeking to understand where he was coming from, we cultivated a relationship. We have been meeting weekly for twenty over 25 years. Wow. And... I'll have lunch with him today at one o'clock and we get together. We don't have an agenda. So the reason I bring that up, that is the, I would put that on a par with the word of God. Yeah, It's one thing to know the word of God, but it's another thing to walk it out with another person. Mm -hmm. And so fellowship, Fellowship is not a means to an end. Fellowship is the objective and purpose <laughs> of our walk with Jesus. Yeah, yeah it's like we, we've arrived when we're with another person. It is. You know, and uh, Taylor and I were actually talking about this this morning about iron sharpening iron, which is this, you know, point of fellowship. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can sometimes have a sharp sword with a with another dull sword, and then what ends up happening is that sharp sword ends up just hurting that dull sword instead of sharpening. Or maybe it is sharpening it, but it's a painful process because it's not sharp yet. And I've done that sometimes where I've been a little too edgy <laughs> with people in my relationships. I've been too intense. I've, I have used fellowship as a means to an end. Does that make Does that make sense? Certainly, it's uh, common. And 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 we need to find a relationship. <clears throat> So let me just let me just go a little deeper into that because I, I want to be clear. If we are following Jesus, in order to be sharpened, in order to be edified, Amen. and in order to edify, we do need to find another follower of Amen. Jesus Amen. who is devoted, who wants that. Because right. I have tried to find that um, with friends that that may not want to grow as much as I want to grow, and and uh, again in an effort to connect and to create that bond, uh, I actually end up hurting the, the other person. You know, they, they, they just, they're not in. So what we need is sharp. We need another sharp sword <laughs> that wants to be refined. And that's what you have found with Dr. Huffman. And, you know, we need to find that as believers. Mm-hmm. We need to have those people in our lives that, you know, we're both wanting to be sharpened. Yeah. Um, and, and then you have the other example, which is two dull swords mm-hmm. with two people that don't want to grow. They don't want to get healthy. They don't want to get out of their situation. All they want to do is complain. Yeah. And that's, that's, you know, dull 
versus dull. So finding that sharp and sharp is so, so critical. Well, I'm off th- my soapbox now. Thanks. No, for- that's good. That's good. There's another person that I met even before Dr. Huffman. I don't get to together with him as often, but that's Rob Campbell. Yeah. Rob Campbell and I have been meeting together, walking together. We've Look taken mission trips together. We've worked on projects together. Um, he, he is... As far as a minister goes, mm-hmm. he's been the most loyal, faithful, godly, ministerial friend that I could have ever, ever asked for. He has been, he has, he has supported Linda and me for over 25 years. Mm-hmm. Ever since I first met him, we just had a bond and We've, we've stuck through a lot together. We're not perfect. And I have, I have watched Rob and how faithful mm. he is over the years. He is a tremendous yes. blessing and inspiration yes, to me. Yes, yes, he is. We have a rich legacy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We really, we we really, really, really do. do. Uh, Cypress praise, Creek praise Church God, is a the Lord. Glory to God. Church. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to just say one other thing. I'm meeting with a man now, and I love this man. He's the same age as I am. He's a little older than I am. And when we met and started meeting about four or five years ago, I began talking to him about the kind of friendship that I've had with other people. And his comment to me was, I have never in my whole life had that kind of friend. Hmm. <laughs> we started meeting together. And he's got that kind of friend wow. now because I love that man. And we meet weekly. Hmm. And that, to me, that's what Christianity is all about. That's it. If you don't have that, all you're doing is, is you're playing a game. Hmm. And what you may, I, I shouldn't say that. That's strong. You, you just, you're missing out yeah. on the true life of Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. Yeah, that connectivity that goes, that goes both ways. You know, our connectivity to one another and then how God works through other people, how we connect with God through, through these strong bonds. That's that right. Have, that we have with, with others. Yeah, it's something we desperately need. We talked about this last week, mm-hmm. um, loneliness. Mm-hmm. We're lonelier as a people than we've ever been. And yet, ironically, we're as connected as we've ever been through social media, technology, et cetera. Um, we're, I love where this conversation's going. I got one, <laughs> one thing to, to add to this, to your point, Bob. I'm reading a book, um, Team of Rivals now, by, uh, it's the story of Abraham Lincoln. And uh, in it, it the, the whole book is based out of this relationship that Lincoln had with, with his rivals. There's Bates, there's Seward, there's Chase, and uh, one, one more that I'm forgetting. But anyway, um, they all wrote letters to one another. And to your point, these men had intimate emotional bonds with one another and two of them are believers. And so it's just cool to see, this is early 1800s, a lot of tragedy, a lot of death and family, wives, kids. um, And yet they had this bond with one another. Um, and, And I know that every word that they wrote meant a lot because it took a part of a page. And that page can only, you only, you can only, 
uh, fit so many pages in an envelope. And so we take our words for granted because I can send you a text, <laughs> Bob, yeah. you know, later tonight saying, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> um, or what's going on? Or, hey, check out this resource or whatever. Uh, so bottom line is we need to reestablish the, that, that bond and that intimacy with, with others mm-hmm. um, so that we can be more bonded together and enjoy the, the connectivity with God as he works through our relationships. Yeah, that's this has been so good so far. Uh, we mentioned kind of two of the five habits just now in our conversation, yeah. one being scripture meditation, the other being sharpening uh, another. Just I'll close out the, the last three here. We've got secret place, praying, and kind of the, the concept of praying in a secret place, sense of awe. And Jose, you mentioned listing out blessings being a way to do that, and then speaking boldly and, and praying for a stranger. With with all of the conversation, I love where, the, where it went. How do both of y'all balance just this, um, tension between doing these things for God and doing these out of an overflow of who God is, because so much of these are, are they take work. And so it's not like you just, Bob, you can't just get all this scripture in your head when you sleep. It's like you, you put in <laughs> hours and time. And so how do you continue to make sure that your heart's in the right posture so that y'all are both doing, that we're all of us are doing these habits out of an overflow of who God is versus trying to earn something from him or trying to correct or make, make up for what we had done in the past. Like, how do you kind of navigate just even that uh, tension between just the posture and how you approach these habits? Well, first of all, um, I, I am very grateful that God put within me a hunger for that. Uh, I could not be doing what I'm doing if I did not have a hunger. Uh, I I wake up at if I wake up at one thirty in the morning, like this morning. I wake up. I'm eighty years old, so I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> but when I go back to bed, I'll try to go back to sleep, and I can't because I'm so excited. Hmm. about getting up and spending wow. time in yeah. in reviewing and meditating in scripture. And I don't do it to preach. I don't yeah. do it there was a time when I did not anymore. Now I do it to abide in Christ. It is my way of abiding in him and letting his word abide in me. And it is not a chore. It is, I, I honestly feel like I have entered a rest with God, a Sabbath rest with God where I've ceased from working. Nothing is work for me anymore. It's, it's a joy. Everything that I'm doing, I'm doing because it feeds my spirit. Mm-hmm. And that the two things that I do. Now, number one, I've got to go back and say, I'm, I am devoted to my wife. Mm. My wife is devoted to me. We have a relationship that is heaven on earth. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> and out it is everything that I am. I was telling her the other day, or maybe I was telling a, a, another group. I said, when I first got married, my wife was codependent. She was de- Mm-hmm. And she got to a place in our marriage. We'd been married 25, 30 years. And we were already into our second group of children. 
You have and six. You have to, six kids, so that's your your second. We had three while I was in the half. Navy. Then we went thirteen <laughs> years. Didn't have any children. To clarify that. And, and when we're in our thirties, late thirties, we started having more children. And it was during that time Linda was no longer codependent. Her dep- she was she was walking mm-hmm, with mm-hmm, the Lord. Mm-hmm. That. That was a jolt to me. Mm. And out of it, I grew. I began to make great strides. Mm. And I I attribute that to God giving me a godly wife. There There you go. And being able to have this fellowship with Linda, all of the other fellowship that I have flows out of who I am with her. Because that is the intimate relationship that we've had. We've gone through hell together. (laughs) I mean, we've had some really, really rough experiences in our life. But we're still together because getting back to the original question, we're devoted to each other. Right. Yeah. That's what it takes. One thing I've learned from you, Bob... Um, it goes back to the abiding. You waking up this you know, early this morning to to want to hang out with with God. You you recognize God's love for you in a deep, intimate, personal way. Amen. And I think that you have the most fitting title on staff as pastor of spiritual formation because I see your life and I see a man in my humble age and position, you know, I look up to you and see you as someone that is spiritually forming still, but way more spiritually formed, uh, closer to, to the heart of Jesus and knowing God's heart for you. And to, to, to answer your question, Taylor, that, that's the goal. You think about the balance, there really is no balance. There's, there's just this awe in recognizing that the Creator God, the one who is Amen. to be feared, has, has, has come close and is really near to us every single day, no matter what circumstance. And that's, that's, right. that's worthy of worship and all these habits and spiritual disciplines. So, Bob, thank you. What a wonderful conversation. All right. Hey, thanks, everybody, for listening to the Conversations podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us, conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Thanks for being here again, everybody. It was awesome. That's it for this version of the podcast. We will see you guys next time.